0: Welcome to Going Off Track. I'm Jonah. I'm Brad. Oh, I'm Jamie. <laughs> yeah, we are joined in our intro by our guests. For, I think this is a first. Is that allowed? I don't know. We've done 190-something podcasts. We've done intros with people who weren't on the podcast. Right. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, if, they're, if we have, like, a guest host, we'll do them, or, like, random people from the studio, but never oh, yeah, with yeah. the actual guests.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do that. I should probably say I'm Jamie Kilstein. Oh, yeah. I say Jamie because I feel like when I say I'm Jamie Kilstein, there's this air of, like, you should know who I am. And then everyone's like, I don't know who you are. Um, But then when I say Jamie, uh, hi, guys.
0: (laughs) That's what I meant. So, Jamie, we just taped this podcast. How do you feel about it?
1: It was so fun. Yeah, it's
0: pretty fun.
1: I've said this a million times, but I'll say it again because I didn't say it during the podcast or at the Stephen where we did it years ago. And I walked out of here thinking we were going to be all best friends. And then we all forgot. (laughs) <laughs> and this is like years later, and yeah, it was great. It was so fun. I talk a lot, guys. I'm really sorry, <laughs> but something will inspire somebody, maybe,
0: right? Yes, definitely. I we think play it's a song, pretty inspirational. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> we play one of Jamie's songs. Yeah, the first, the first, the debut, the debut. This is right? a big
1: debut. That's uh,
0: important. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the, you guys were the reason. Just because every time I fucking literally every time i like tweet about like oh my god i just discovered this like really new cool band you guys should check it out like jonah's like literally posting a picture hanging out with them that day <laughs> you're like oh you mean this guy and i was like ah oh, fucking hell uh, <laughs> we have to hang out more and uh yeah you were actually like one of the first people i like emailed when i was like thinking about doing the album and like, uh, or like when it was done, I was just like, what is this? Is it good? Um, so when, cause we've been talking about doing the podcast forever. Um, I literally wrote my lawyer and I be just because, and we talk about this in the show, I'm kind of in like label purgatory right now, but right now the record's mine and it's done and I want to do something with it so I don't go fucking insane. Um, so I was like, wow, this is the perfect show. Uh, To, like, debut it on or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I, like, emailed him, like, am I allowed to play my song? They were like, yeah, you can play your song. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll do that then. I'd play the whole album if I could, but I should probably be smart.
0: Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that's probably Um, bad. But, yeah, so you can pre order Jamie's album on Pledge Music. Yep. And we'll talk about it later in the podcast. But let's let's
1: listen. Pre-order it now before you find out I'm like a vegan and like uh, <laughs>
0: uh, all that stuff.
1: I defend women. That's good. People like that, right? Look at the links.
2: We've got the link on our website. So go order it right now. And then while
1: you're waiting, you can listen to the rest of the website. Yeah. Really didn't think he was going to throw the vegan thing at the very end. I was like, <laughs> oh, I finally won everybody over. Guys, I'm a proud vegan. I'm not being an asshole. <laughs> but do you see fucking what PETA did the other day? No yesterday they were like we brought vegan jerky to the racist militia people and i was like oh cool people hate me enough uh i'm glad you guys <laughs> awesome cool because every conversation where you're like i'm vegan they're like then why'd pita do this you're like i don't fucking know <laughs> i just don't eat animals like i'm not in charge of like their will pita's sexist so that's why I eat-, I eat bacon and i was like uh, i don't i'm not sexist
0: so anyway thanks guys yeah, uh, any questions for PETA, email directly Jamie, to Jamie. At Jamie Kilstein <laughs> at
1: Twitter, and I just started an Instagram, also at Jamie Kilstein. All PETA inquiries are welcome. <laughs> awesome. uh, make sure you don't listen to my song and just log off now and email me about PETA.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's our podcast with Jamie Kilstein. It's going off
3: track! So I just want to point out that if you buy... 10 items of food at whole foods it's 91 dollars wow holy shit just found that out today 10 items trish was like i like these chia bars see if you can get a box okay oh the box are 36 dollars each that's great yep. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah dude i just spent last
2: week skiing in in at a pretty nice like mountain so don't talk to me about overpriced food
3: you went skiing on a mountain <laughs> yeah Pussy. <laughs>
2: um,
3: Why don't you ski on a flat street like a man? <laughs>
0: it's true. Uh, <laughs> trying right. to pick up truck. <laughs> all right. We're back with Jamie Kilstein once again. Hey. Woo-hoo. Hey, everybody. Finally. We've been trying to do this forever.
1: For literally years.
0: Literally years. Yeah. Uh, me and Jamie were trying to figure out how we met. And I remember. I have no idea. <laughs>
1: which always is like, that's like a terrifying moment. when It's like that when someone comes up to you on the street. And they're like, I used to have, oh my God, sorry, I want to hear this. No, go ahead. But go ahead. I will even have this with like, I've had right wing people, because when I, I was trying to think of an example and my analogy was kind of going astray, but I've had people come up to me who recognize me, which of course the ego part of me gets very excited. And then I instantly realize that they also don't like me. So there'll <laughs> be this moment where they're like, hey, I know you. And I'm like, cool, like dad issues, like simmering, <laughs> simmering, and then they'll be like, uh, I saw you like on, a, on the on the news or like TV or something, I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I don't remember liking what you said. What was it? And I'm like, Do I have to fucking be here while we like <laughs> figure out and like put the pieces together? And like that's happened, like or like people will be like, you're Jamie Hillstein, right? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, huh. And, like, that's it. And they'll walk away. So, anyway, anytime there's, like, mystery involved, I just assume, like, oh, I met you when I did something fucking terrible and I was probably still drinking and uh, it was horrible. But what (laughs) is it?
0: Uh, I saw you at Caroline's Open for Doug Stanhope. Oh, my God. Jesus (laughs) Christ.
1: That must have been years
0: ago. It was. And then the next night I met you backstage at Rise Against show with, like, Zach. That's right. like, pooling from PETA or something. That's
1: absolutely what happened. Yeah, you're right. Because And I was like
0: dude I saw you last night
1: Yeah cause when I was doing That was when I was like Trying to break up with comedy And so I went to the Rise Against show And I'm like finally my people And then I probably saw you and you were like I saw you at a comedy club and I was like fuck <laughs> God damn it <laughs> uh, Yeah that's totally right cause uh, Yeah Rise Against is all vegan And, right. and, and shit and yeah Poulent. God I haven't seen
0: that kid in forever um, He's in DC he's around yeah, yeah. Um, Who's Zach?
3: Who's Zach? Zach's in D.C. No, our friend Poulin who worked at Peter. Oh, okay. Zach is in Austin. He's in Austin. Austin?
0: Yes, that's my he's
3: in the he does he's that new project uh, Dracula's. Dracula's yeah. with, with our friend Mike Wiebe who who can't be in enough. Band, Mike Wiebe, the the Rob Pollard of punk. It's <laughs> true. It's true.
1: I have to email Zach because Austin is ter- slowly turning into my getaway plan. Really? Uh, just I'm just like freaking out in New York. And every, this happens every winter. Every winter, I will start looking at like real estate like it's porn, like just like at night when my partner's asleep.
4: I do that. Do you do that? Yeah. And I'm just
3: like, I could have a
1: pool? Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, you could like live in the governor's mansion in like Denver for what you oh, pay. Oh, so sad. For a two bedroom here. It's the You're jerking off thing. to Zillow. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm like, I shouldn't know what that website is, but I'm like, I've been there. I know that website now.
2: I watched I watched Donald Trump, uh, you know, saying some nonsense two nights ago, and then, yeah. and then the next thing you know, I was on the internet looking at houses in the Irish countryside.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> emailing the realtor, like, there aren't any
0: Muslims there, are there? What happened to me? <laughs> um, so, last time you were here. Yeah, you were sort of talking about how you wanted to stop doing comedy. I did, I did Like, all this rape culture thing, had happened, and, like...
1: Yeah. I mean, I still get blowback from that. Like, I think this is not to, like, make it about me and be like, you know who rape culture affects? This old stand-up comic (laughs) white guy. Um, But fucking... (laughs) I think this is a really important point that I try to bring up uh, often, even though I would rather forget about all that stuff. But I think it's an important point, especially on, like... You know, it's easy to go on shows that have, like, cool progressive hosts and stuff and be like, the war is bad and fucking Bernie. Um, But the craziest thing I learned was that on the left, on the right, or whatever, it's like sexism is so fucking prevalent. Where, like, I used to think I was, like, edgy Bill Hicks dude because, like, I talked about the war, I criticized religion on TV and all this stuff. And, like, I got, like, a fair amount of blowback, I guess. Um, But nothing compared to when I was on like MSNBC, like a liberal news station and was like, women are people. Okay. Bye. <laughs> um, and I'm like, still dude, like the fact that like, I thought I did this podcast more recently. Cause this was the only show I talked about that stuff. Cause I was like so upset and getting so many death threats and all this shit. Um, I remember I opened up to you guys about it cause you guys are just awesome. And like, we like bonded that first day. I was like, okay. And, uh, But the reason I didn't realize it's been so long is because I still get threats every day about that. Um, and just like from like these sexist dudes. And you'll go to some of their Twitter profiles and it's what you expect. It's like, fucking, I love God and country because no real people love me, or like bald eagle flags or whatever. (laughs) Um, but the majority of them, I mean, there's a lot of them who are like fucking like hardcore socialism, Bernie Sanders and the Wars, whatever, and you're like, oh, I would agree with that dude. And then three tweets down, it's like, oh, this fucking social justice warrior gets raped. And you're just like, wow. (laughs) Like, you hate women. Like, it doesn't matter, like, Democrat, Republican, fucking Green Party, like... A lot of dudes still hate fucking women, um, and it's so prevalent. And it's not just about like abortion or you know equal pay or whatever. Like lots of dudes have fucking chips on their shoulder. Uh, oh yeah. In the, in the comedy community, the alternative community, the cool nerd community, where we should all be like weirdos together, um, still fucking hate. Women. It's crazy. It's easily the most blowback I've ever gotten. And I the I cool never...
3: the cool nerd community is something that like got my hackles up because I I ended up being on the wrong side. Oh yeah. And I didn't even re- I didn't even realize it. I was working for MTV a couple years ago for uh, this great website, MTV geek that they got rid of because it was successful. Oh and, yeah. I remember that. And, uh, we would go to conventions and I remember I was like a new dad and I have, I have twin daughters and I was like seeing a lot of the women walking around. It was kind of like Halloween, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there were outfits that I mistakenly would say like, Oh, it's kind of like slutty Halloween here. That's wrong. Great. And I remember talking to, um, uh, felicia day about it yeah and um one of our one of our uh producers was this woman and got it i always have a very lax atmosphere whenever i would do host or something i'm like everyone's involved camera person come on camera you know <laughs> yeah. we'll to all talk so we had this discussion and uh felicia day was like women should be able to wear whatever the hell they want to wear here yeah and i was like you're right yep You're right. I didn't even realize that I was the asshole. No, and I made those jokes,
1: too. I mean, I used to, like, in high school, like, I totally, like, did, like, the friend zone thing and, like, talked about that shit. And, like, what's so funny, too, when you think about something I just thought about, it's, like, the reason women have to dress like that is because all the superheroes that are women are fetishized like that, whereas, like, the guys are, like, fucking head to toe in, like, armor. um, Mm -hmm. And it's, like, they're just dressing how the fucking artists draw them. You know what I mean? So it's not even like unless they're going to go as fucking Batman and like, you know, get in their like libertarian like uh, armor outfit. Then it's like that's how they have to represent the characters.
3: Man, I'm so glad you brought up libertarianism because I find those people fascinating. Yeah, but also infuriating. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got into a conversation with one on Twitter one time just objectively like, all right, explain this to me. With one like you Um, saw him out in the wild. (laughs) (laughs) And well, this this was, yeah, there's one just like, he was like roaming free (laughs) on the Savannah. And I said, I said, Hey man, like what, what, what's your views on age of consent laws?
1: Oh my God. I never even thought about that.
3: And that was, and that was like, well, we feel that it should come from the home and all this. I'm like, but you're, you're against it. Oh no. Like if that, is that like a freedom you can't come against? And (laughs) there was no answer to it. So I started thinking about it. I'm like. So libertarians in Nambla must be like buddies, right? Like I can't, I'm trying to like, and I'm like sincerely thinking about this, trying to, because I had, um, I took one of those Politico quizzes that was like, uh, you know, it was, uh, do you believe this, that, and the other thing, figure out where you are exactly on the spectrum. And uh, it was a slow day. And one question that gave me pause was, do you believe you should be told to wear a seatbelt? And I started thinking about, I was like, well, I mean, I will wear a seatbelt, but don't fucking tell me to wear a seatbelt. I <laughs> yeah. got kind like, of punk about it. I got you know? fuck. I have a fucking dick. If my dick wants to put on a seatbelt, <laughs> yeah. don't tell me to seat wear belt. a fucking seatbelt. You know? Do you just start because flexing like, for no once reason? Once you have kids, there's so many rules and regulations mm-hmm. about um, car seats and food and all this stuff, more so than anything else on the planet. Oh, you yeah. Know? So it's like all these regulation stuff. So I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, of course, I'm going to put my kids in a car seat, but don't tell me to put my kids in a car seat. And I yeah. just, it was like, it was a very weird... I don't know. I, I got very weird about it. It well, was, um, you know, do I know what's best?
1: I think like uh, and not not to be preachy off the gate, it's so early too, but um, to kind of like, I'm going to try to be the opposite of preachy right now and like self-aware and sort of whatever. So my whole theory on like libertarianism and this kind of ties into the feminism thing we were talking about is it's okay to have these like thoughts, right? Like When I was, yeah, when I was, like, look, like, I was a nerd in high school. I got my heart broken a lot. I got cheated on. I probably called fucking women, like, terrible things. I probably said that stuff about how, you know, women only like jerks. I probably made the slutty, I definitely made the slutty Halloween costume when I, like, because every stand-up is required to do it by law. Um... (laughs) And all that stuff. And I was a, I, I, when I was a, a teenager and starting to be political, libertarianism meant stuff to me or like, it made sense to me because I was like, well, you know, just like all, I think all religions are bullshit. I was like the, both political parties are like, you know, sponsored by giant corporations, all this stuff that's technically true. And to me, libertarianism, especially as like this 19 year old wannabe musician kid, I was like, yeah, legalize pot, leave gay people alone. Cool. And I think it's okay to have those thoughts and whatever. But then as like a straight white cis dude, when someone goes, you know, hey, but did you ever think if you were a black person, if the government didn't step in and defend them, that means that we could have like Businesses could have segregation again. And, you know, like Rand Paul was like, well, technically a business can do whatever they want. And, like, you can talk about the free market all you want, but it doesn't uh, – it never favors minorities. I mean, we have government intervention now. Minorities are getting fucked and women are getting fucked. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, like, okay to have these thoughts. Like, we we all make mistakes. We've all said stupid shit. Um, it's just when you get called on it, not having that, like, dude rage. You know what I mean? So, like, it's totally cool if you're like – Fucking don't tell me where to, how to wear a seatbelt and like I feel the same way. But then if you're like, yeah, but what if there's a parent and they don't buckle up their kid and the kid dies? You're not gonna be like, well, they should have fucking been smarter. It's like, well, it's a dead kid. You know what I mean? Um, and the same with like, well, what if you got treated the same way this woman gets treated? Uh, just to take that second and be like, oh, yeah, I guess my life is easier. It's easier for me to, like, apologize than just to be, like, part of the problem, you know? It's, like, so much of it has to do with, like, ego, I think. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Wear your seatbelt, guys.
3: <laughs> I, don't, good, I don't drive it's a It's a good answer. It's just interesting. Yeah, Um, Got to talk about the band, man. Oh, my God. Uh, and there's one more thing I want to talk about really quick. Oh, please, yeah, 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 please, please.
1: Because
0: I've been wanting to talk about this for, like, years. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's I wanted to talk about liberalism just for, like, maybe yeah. five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I read your book... Right. Um, which is great, that's by right. the way. We did that. Me, we did too, me too! Me yes. too! Oh my god, thank you guys. Yes.
1: Yeah, we did a book. It's called News Fail. It's out in paperback now. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. We, we kind of, like, Allie and I, our, <laughs> our career strategy is we do a thing, and then we assume the thing will fail, so we start moving on to the next thing. So that makes you even sense.
0: put fail in the name of it. We did, yeah. But
1: that's <laughs> literally what we do. So, like, there was a year where I was going to be a famous stand-up. There was a, the year I did all those TV spots you see me on, doing stand like Conan and The Green Room, that was all in the same year. That was like the year Jamie's going to be famous. It was the year agents actually like paid attention to me and didn't, before they told me to be like, to not be political, all that shit. Um, and I knew it was going to fall through. And like with this music, I'm like very confident cause I'm happy for the first time and I'm trying to come at it more like a fucking like athlete, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, fuck yeah, it's good. But there's also, I'm always going to have that self-hating part of me, um, And, but I don't do it as like a bit. I was just like, Allie, we need to plan because I don't think this is going to last. And she's like, come on, you're doing great. And I was like, no, I just, I don't think it's going to last. So then we started writing the book and then sure enough, all my agents and managers fired me for being too political, all this stuff. Then we wrote a book and we were like, okay, no one's probably going to have our back for this book. Like we don't have money for outside PR. Simon and Schuster was crazy. They even gave us a deal, but I was like, they're not going to work to get us on shows and stuff like that. So we wrote a book and then like, this whole year she's been writing fiction i've been working on this album and like we moved on again that's just kind of how we roll we're like weird little like art carnies yeah where we just go from like different thing to different thing um but yeah anyway thank you for reading the book
0: <laughs> you're welcome everyone should read it yeah and wear a seatbelt yes and that's what i'm gonna say belt.
1: anytime my answer drifts <laughs> so i'm just gonna go into wear a seatbelt car safety
0: do you think there's how a, dare you <laughs> do you think there's like an element of liberalism because i feel like me and you are probably on the same page with a lot of stuff i think so But I do think there's, like, an element of, like, especially, like, do you think things can be too politically correct? Like, and do you think, like, especially, like, I guess specifically when it comes to, like, campuses and stuff, I always hear about this stuff where it's, like, all these speakers, like, you can't come. Because it seems like there's an element of, like, you have to agree with us. Sure. Do you think there's room for, like, a dialogue?
1: So I'm really glad you brought that up because I'm in my bubble on, like, Twitter and stuff, which, oh, my God, I would love to get off of. Um, Can we talk about how every musician, like, every cool musician that follows me on Twitter, I'm like, oh, man, I have more followers than them. Like, maybe I can, like, get in with them and, like, open for them because I have, like, a big following. But it's only because they don't go on Twitter because Twitter is this cesspool of negativity. And I go to their Facebook and they have, like, 200,000 fans. Like, every fucking, like, tiny studio session Kevin Devine has done that's been taped on a cell phone has, like, a million hits. And I'm like, oh, you guys are just happy and famous. Yeah. Um, whereas I'm stuck getting followers (laughs) by, like, fighting every day (laughs) and, like, just heaving into a depression and looking at real estate so I can go hide in, like, Austin somewhere. Um, (laughs) So my answer, so I've seen all those pieces that talk about how like PC culture and stuff like that, um, is ruining whatever. Um, so here's my thought. Those pieces are always written, um, from the point of view of people like us, right? Um, of white, straight, cis dudes for the most part. Um, a lot of them are very privileged. They're writers over at the Atlantic. They're doing great. Censorship, PC-ness has not affected their career in the slightest. And it always comes after there's some sort of protest where it's like a campus said maybe kids shouldn't wear blackface or, you know, um, whatever. Um, Everyone should have free speech, right? But what these articles forget about is that the people protesting also have free speech. In a weird way... um, they're doing kind of the same thing with a bigger platform, a much bigger platform, if it's in like the Atlantic or the New Yorker or whatever. So like, let's say there is, this is going to lose me, all my fans, but let's say there's um, a, uh, no, here's a better example. There have been like Alan Dershowitz, right? Um, Harvard professor, very famous author, liberal on, oddly enough, uh, a bunch of issues, but a maniac on a lot of other issues. Um, Him and a ton of other people made it their goal to get Norman Finkelstein fired uh, from his university gig, because Norman Finkelstein, whose parents are Holocaust survivors, by the way, um, is very pro-Palestinian, very pro-Palestine, and will speak out when Israel commits war crimes, et cetera, et cetera buy my album. Um, and, uh, so they go to have him fired, right? I mean, there've been smear campaigns saying he's a Holocaust denier when like homeboy's parents were in the Holocaust, right? So, uh, people don't have a problem with that, right? There's no outrage about, um, you know, this kid recently, uh, had a Palestinian flag taken down from his campus, uh, from his dorm room. You can have, Flags or other flags, but Palestinian, Pal- Palestine isn't a fucking little like terrorist, uh, island. Uh, it's people, it's a lot of poor people, right? So when, when that happens, people are like silent. Um, but whenever people complain and use their free speech to protest, um, you know, whatever, I mean, you can give me any example, um, suddenly it's PC culture gone mad, and my whole thing is, yeah, there are absolutely people who are carried away. I get people like that. There are people uh, like, like I get like tweets where it's like, there are people who will make their living being more PC than you and being more progressive than you. You know what I mean? Where I'll be like, we have to defend black people, and someone will be like, well, what if they don't consider themselves a person? I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know what that means, but like, okay, I mean, like, uh, you're not all person. Not all? What if I only, what if I'm an introvert, and I stay, like, by myself? You're like, what? what's happening? Um, you'll always find people like that, and a lot of times the people who complain about PC-ness or whatever will take that extreme example right. and be like, that's like people who are like, feminists just want to, like cut off everyone's dicks and they don't have sex and they hate men. It's like, no, feminists hate you just like everybody hates you and they probably (laughs) fuck more than you. You know what I mean? All my feminist friends who are like very famous like feminist writers and stuff are filthy. They're filthier than I am. They're hilarious. Um, They're super funny. But you'll find the one extreme, you know, picture of like a woman out at Woodstock protesting and they're like, that's what a feminist is. And so it's the same thing with PC culture. My final point about that is that it just shows our privilege when that's what these authors can write articles about where if the biggest complaint you have, and you think the biggest problem that demands your, however many words in a very large publication is that people are upset about racism on campus. Then it's like, wow, you should have, you have nothing to be upset about with your life. You know what I mean? When it's like, there are black people being gunned down in the street On, like, a daily basis, and the cops aren't even getting arrested. Like, Tamir Rice was a fucking child. And, yeah, blackface may not seem like a big deal or whatever to us, but it's, like, these are also the same people who are dealing with living in fear right now and this incredible uh, racist culture uh, that we live in. And... Yeah, if they they shouldn't have to fucking see blackface on top of it. And then if some like privileged dude who doesn't even go outside and just pens this piece, it's just like the real problem is PC culture. It's just like, wow, you have zero problems in your life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so again, I think it of course there can be extremism. Uh, for sure. But I think it's our jobs to listen, right? Like I've seen things where I'm like, that's not offensive. But then I'll like write like like I'll do that stupid thing. Like I'll admit it. I'll like write my like trans friend and I'll be like, hey. Should I be mad at this person? Uh, because my trans friend knows more than me about trans issues because she's trans. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's okay. I think that's fine. And like, okay, like if I don't, it's it's like the, uh, these are just more, in, those articles are more intellectual versions of the guy that's like, yeah, but why can't I say the M word if I have black friends? And it's like, well, is that your biggest concern? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like, there's other stuff we should be we should be fighting about. Um, so that's my long winded answer. I, I mean, yeah, it, you should be able to talk about whatever you want, you know, but when you look at what's actually getting talked about, you know what I mean? Um, at these campuses and stuff like that, we should all really be fighting for more diverse conversations to be happening in general. Like the fact that if you say anything bad about Israel, you can get fucking fired. Like mm-hmm. that to me is scarier than you, there, a memo got sent out about not, wearing fucking blackface i think
0: yeah i was i saw this video i guess that made me think about this was like i wish i knew more like some teacher sent a memo out about like not people are going to wear halloween costumes or something i think that's kind of i think that's the story i was talking about okay and then like people were like snapping because like they were like clapping is offensive so we want to like i don't know it was like some kind of thing where I, i just i I wasn't trying to judge. I just was just like, I don't understand this. So I don't know what the fuck that means. But again,
1: <laughs> that sounds like, to me, and, you know, you guys can email me or tweet me if I'm... Don't email me. I don't have... That's, that's not out there. Uh, you can tweet me uh, if, oh. that's, uh, if that's wrong. But to me, that sounds like the large issue was about racist costumes. Okay. Somebody got fucking pissed off about that, so they found some extreme snapping. Right, right. You, I mean, it's like those, like... I see, like, people post, like, feminist memes that are, like, the craziest shit... Ever where I'm like no one I've where they're like consensual sex is rape and I'm just like what does this mean <laughs> um, where it's like why do you guys spend all day trying to redefine rape that's creepy as shit you know what I mean um, <laughs> that like that's what you do um, and so it's like yeah I mean people will always dig for that extremism and that becomes memes and then you see it and you're like well wow, PC culture has really gone it's like no some people are fucking dumb (laughs) and uh a lot of political correctness is good um the majority of it is just like be nice you know that's why social justice warrior is such a derogatory term to them that's like they're Biggest insult. It's like, you fucking social justice warrior. I legitimately, not a bit, not trying to be funny, thought that was a compliment for the first, like, <laughs> however many months people were like, you're a social justice warrior. I'm like, thank you. Because <laughs> it sounds like a good thing. And essentially, <laughs> they're turning kindness into an insult. And they're turning, like, looking out for people who have less than you into an insult. And that's, it's like the all lives matter people. Or like, what about white lives? It's like, you're fine. Um, yeah. Things suck for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But things will always, there's a hierarchy of suckage. Um, and if you're a white dude, you're, you're on the better end of that. Even if you're fucked over, you know what I mean? So, by my album. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs>
0: fucked <laughs> just in different degrees. Is that and where's people? Yeah, yeah, He's where's about, yeah. Uh, So you have a band. I have a band. <laughs> I did that. I saw you guys, well, I saw, I guess, your uh, early lineup. I saw you at Union Hall when you were playing with Rubano. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was a yeah. while ago, I guess. Robano's the fucking man. Robano is a man.
3: Um, you mean, mean serious XM's newest DJ, Matt Robano? Yeah. That's
0: right. Congratulations. That's
3: right.
1: Um, I apologize for you're going to be getting my album emailed to you shortly. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I mean, it was sort of a, a Hail Mary move where I never liked comedy. I mean, even when I was on the show, um, but and I always wanted to be in a band and I was in bands before I did comedy and but I mean you know when you're growing I, I've been because I'm like so excited and things are moving really fast with this band um, but I've been just like a kid again I've just been listening to all like the 90s grunge music I grew up listening to when I was in bands and I've been staying up till 3am watching like YouTube documentaries on like fucking bands I like and shit like that and uh, all, these, all these punk guys or like grunge people like Thurston Moore and like you watch interviews with them and I can totally relate to this as a kid. I'm like, oh, that is what happened to me. Where they're like, you know, you watch a Jimmy Page or you watch a Stevie Ray Vaughn or whoever, and you're like, well, I can't do that. And that's what I I mean, I listened to like the weirdest different types of bands. I listen to like Fish, but and like Tool were like my two favorite bands in high school. So I would listen to that and be like, nope, my garage band's probably not gonna pull this <laughs> off. And uh, but comedy, I heard comics, I'm like, well, I can do that. I can be a fucking dick. Like right. I because I knew I just wanted to perform. And so, you know, comedy started taking off. And, and then when I started doing these rants that I kind of became known for, um, the rants were always really musical. So, like, even if you watch me um, on Conan or whatever, like, when I go into the rants, I'm, like, tapping my foot. Um, because to me, there was a rhythm about it. Me and Reggie Watts used to co-headline together. And we would encore together. Where I would do my set or he would do his set or vice versa. And then he would beatbox over one of my rants. Um, the first time I ever did one of the rants, I was in Scotland. I was homeless at the Edinburgh Festival. I didn't have my own show. Um, but Paul Provenza convinced me to go down and, you know, stay on his couch and just do these like late night shows. They have these late night shows at the Fringe Festival where people like make their money and new people who don't have shows try to get up. It was three in the morning. It was literally one of these crazy moments. There were like fucking 600 standing room only, like drunk. Fringe festival people. And everyone was doing stand-up. And everyone was doing like pretty like, hey, where are you from, Ireland? They do this thing that's stupid. Where are you from, Spain? They do that that's stupid. And I'm like, I am going to fucking bomb so hard. And so Paul was like, you got to do the rants. And I was so scared that I was like, no, 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 I'm just going to do like regular stand-up. He's like, just do the fucking rant. So I did the first rant so good I mean these were rants that got me booed off stage the Montreal Comedy Festival to this day says I had the worst audition even though I went back and I got in like a couple years later the worst audition they ever saw because it was the first time I ever did a rant I did it about Hurricane Katrina uh, and our response to it to an all white audience at uh, the comic strip live on the upper west side or something Um, booed off stage aggressively like literally me and my partner ran out with my manager screaming at me and we like ran away to the subway in the rain it was like horrible I can't
3: believe they didn't go for that I know weird right Read to the really audience. Um, and it sounds like a good read of the room, Jamie. Yeah, 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 I did pretty good. I was
1: like, well, it's either gonna be uh this or my uh, or my pro-Palestinian material. Uh so fucking <laughs> so I do this rant, it does really well, and I'm like shocked. And so I start doing this second one, and the DJ, I don't know if he was like stoned or inspired or whatever, started like slowly turning up uh that band Explosions in the Sky, that amazing instrumental band. To the rant. And I just kind of sunk it up to that. And the place went nuts. And I got a standing ovation. And the host lifted me onto his shoulders. And this, like, six-foot Dutch dude came up (laughs) to me afterwards. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I'm like, nothing. I'm homeless. (laughs) And I went to do the Lowlands Festival the next day where, like, I fucking met, like, Sonic Youth and Chris Cornell and, like, got to go watch Tool with members of the Arcade Fire. And, like, that was it. But I'm such a fucking idiot that I never thought to—and I was scared— because when you do something that you love and you fail, it's really scary. But if you do something that you're kind of like whatever about and you fail, you can be whatever about it. Even in comedy, it's almost like cool to be miserable. Um, and, and I use that a lot. So even though this was that thing, you know, it was music. It was always music. Um, I was still really scared to do it. And then I saw you and all that sexist shit happened. And then my managers fired me, um, over all that stuff. Uh, and then I was going to quit and very randomly, uh, one of the only comics who had my back was Robin Williams and our books actually dedicated to him, um, because he helped us so much, but it came out after he died. So people thought we dedicated the book to him in memoriam, but we didn't. We dedicated the book to him before, um, because that's how big a role he played. Um, with helping me with like getting sober and depression and helping the show financially when we were going to go like bankrupt years ago. Like not a lot of people knew that. And so the most fucking insane thing happened where, uh, Allie and I, uh, went to Book of Mormon and I told her on the way there, like I've quit comedy so many times, but I told her on the way there, I was like, this is it. Like, I can't, I can't fucking do it anymore. And I'm in line for the bathroom um, during intermission, and I see the dude who plays Cam from Modern Family, and I get very excited because I love Modern Family. Uh, like I'm like a fucking like old timey dad when I'm like I'm like this is good clean fun. No one's being mean in this show, and like I just really like it. So, but I was like I don't want to bother him. We're in line for the bathroom. But I'm like, maybe I'll just do the, you know, when you like see an artist and you're like, maybe if I just say like, like your work and I play it cool, they'll know I'm an artist and then we'll become friends. Like if you go up to a comic, you're like, good set. They're going to be like, oh, I get, you get it. right, right. Uh, So I was like, that's what I'm going to say. And as I go to turn around to say this to him, he turns around behind him to say the same thing to someone else. And it's Robin. And I had no idea Robin was going to be there. And so Robin very nicely says hi to Cam and like runs up and hugs me. And he has this big beard, like this like God beard, Jesus beard, because he's doing that uh, Broadway show where he's playing a prisoner of war. And he's never met Allison. Um, So he was like, wait here for me. Like, I want to meet Allison. So he comes out and I go, you know, she's on the other side, man. Like, you know, you don't want to like go over there. And he's like, no, no, I want to meet her. So I walk him over. And it's crazy because we somehow got good seats and like, you know, Ali and I are in t-shirts and all tattooed and stuff. And the people around us were kind of dicks. But man, you've never seen like 50 somethings freak out until Robin Williams shows up where there were literally these people who look like my judgmental English teacher, just like touching him. Like when he came by, it was insane. <laughs> so he grabs Ali. He's very nice to Ali. He hugs Ali. Allie's like very introverted and stuff. She's like instantly feels so comfortable. Gives him a huge hug. He says all this very nice stuff to her. Lights are about to go down. Literally before he walks away, he puts both of his hands on her face and goes, don't let him quit. Like he fucking smelled it on me. Right. And so he leaves and now he looks at me and I was like, well, shit, Uh, I can't fucking (laughs) quit now. It was literally that day. It was on the way to the theater that I quit. I I can't quit. So I do it. I am miserable. Then he fucking dies. And I'm like, Cool. They're, you know, cause you make shit about you because you're, we're all selfish. And I'm like, what does that say? That the one person who supported <laughs> me, uh, <laughs> and that my fucking English teacher, the dude who like saved me in high school, like he killed himself. I'm like, cool. Anyone who believes in me kills himself. <laughs> cause that's me. Um, and, and I'm just a mess. Like, I'm like inconsolable. Uh, I quit whatever. And Allie's like, you know, this was, this is the last thing you should do. And so this was the year that after so many threats and harassment and getting fired and getting burned by people I like and all this shit that we both were like, let's just hail Mary and do what we've always dreamed about. And so Allie started writing fiction um, and I rebought a guitar um, and used all of my alcoholic addict energy and harnessed it um, for good and locked myself in my room all day, um, every day. Um and wrote an album. I mean, the second album is pretty much written. And I found a killer band, and we made a CD, and we started doing shows. And you know, luckily, like I have really good friends who are very much more famous than me, like in like the punk scene. I don't know how you'd classify my music. Everyone's telling me it's punk, even though it's not that style musically, really. But well, we're gonna
3: talk about that, dude. I have some thoughts.
1: Oh, good, great.
3: I'm like I like I wanted
1: to pick your brand even off there, but you. Uh, Yeah, but, like, dudes from, like, Anti-Flag and Bad Religion and Tony from No Doubt had, like, got me his fucking booking agent. I mean, you know, in comedy, there are great people in comedy, you know, and I know lots of people like comedy and and there's still hope. And comedy, I got so upset because I became a comic um, because I was a nerd and because I was picked on and I had a really rough childhood. And any time that the ambulance or the police would come to my house, I would use jokes to feel better. Um, and it saved me. Humor saved me.
3: Why would they come into your
1: house? Uh, family, bad stuff that I probably shouldn't talk about. But like, you know, we had like addicts in our family and stuff like that. Very abusive? No, not abusive to us, just themselves. And like, we're still dealing with it. I mean, I was dealing with it like this morning. (laughs) Like it's still there. And, um, so that's why I got into comedy. And to me, it it was going to be a bunch of like outcast nerd people. Um trying to use humor to take down bigger, meaner people. And now it's crazy, man. Anytime you see like a, a Lindy West or a female journalist getting like a ton of death threats or whatever, they're not being sent by Glenn Beck. They're being sent by like some fucking stand-up. Um, It's really disheartening. And there was part of me that I'm like, you know, man, comedy's really changed. But then it's like, well, Bill Cosby's being arrested for rape. So maybe comedy has always attracted those kind of shitty people. Um, I don't know. But, um, I know that a lot of comics, if you go, Hey, this dude got on Letterman, you're like, Oh, cool. Fuck that guy now. Um, whereas these musicians, I still get nervous like around musicians and introducing myself to people and like, uh, being on music lineups and stuff. And everyone so far has just been like so kind, maybe because you, in order to play music, you have to collaborate. You have to work with other people, you know, um, and play off them in theory and, they are going to be assholes in every industry, but so far, I mean, the reason I think things have happened quick, hopefully the album's good, but also just because like musicians are cool. They're like, hey, this is different and political and whatever. Like, let me help you get it out there as opposed to like your competition. I want to bury you. Dude,
0: that's so funny because I have the exact opposite. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but as someone who's like, because you came up in it. Yeah. Someone who's played in bands my whole life, like I never get nervous meeting musicians, even like my favorite like, you know, like I met Paul McCartney recently, like, I mean, that was, Jesus a- Christ, that was awesome, but it was like, oh, I was just a guy, like, yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean, it's like, I played shows in front of a lot of people, but it's like, when I meet a comic, or someone, I want to like, prove that I'm, like, funny, yeah. you, like, I feel like when you meet a musician, you don't like, pull the guitar, and you're like, check out what I can do, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. you want to like, prove you're witty, but then yeah. I feel like... I get so nervous, like, I see the guy from Impractical Jokers, I'm like, oh my god, I can't talk to him.
1: <laughs> I mean, that is the guy <laughs> from Impractical Jokers on TBS. Um, I don't know if it's TBS. But, uh, yeah, but that kind of, that kind of is the point I made, in a weird way. Where you feel comfortable around these musicians, and don't get me wrong, once I talk to the musician, um, like, me and Tony were friends, and you know, I watched Tony, then fucking no doubt, when I was a kid, and like, playing guitar, the f- we were online buddies. And the first time I met him, it's just like... I mean, uh, Kevin's a great example. Like, Kevin I only discovered recently. And I just met him for the first time last night. And the dude hugged me like we were like long yeah, lost brothers. he's awesome. He's a, yeah, great, dude. He's a, I mean, he's a great, great guy. Oh, yeah. my God. so good, too. And... uh or like you know, watching that fucking dude from like uh, Beach Lang suddenly like blow up. Like you watch his interviews, and you're just like, you're the most positive person in the fucking world. Um, because I watched all of his interviews. Um, and uh, but with comedy, there's like, again, we should be these weird gentle nerds, but we're not. There's that like kind of like they are giving you an energy that makes you want to prove yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Because you show up if you show up with a table of musicians. And you're like, hey, do you guys want to talk about this album? They're going to talk about that album and be psyched about it. If you show up to a table of stand-up comedians, it's literally going to be like, wow, I got called gay a lot. Uh, Or like, (laughs) they really want to fuck my mom. Um, And it's just this like kind of – there's more posturing, I guess. Um, And I'm telling you, stand-up, you could get fucking – stand-up just turns you into this different person. Like you could get fucking Bell Hooks or Noam Chomsky – like the most progressive people in the world, and they go to an open mic, suddenly Noam Chomsky's like, so my fucking horrible wife just got her period all over the kitchen when she should be making a sandwich. And you're like, Noam Chomsky. Uh, where, yeah, there is something where you're like, I have to be funny. And to them, a lot of times, uh, the 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 easiest way to be funny is to be mean, right? And Or, or I guess self-deprecating would, would be like a nicer version of that. So suddenly you just get these people and you're just like, wow, you were really nice to me online. You're being fucking just mean. Like I feel like a, a kid. Where I'm just like, well, that person's just fucking mean. Like, when do you use <clears> the word mean in your day-to-day life? Um, but anyway, I want to hear all your thoughts. Uh, so, yeah, that's what happened. The band is awesome. Uh, we're in, like, label purgatory, so I don't know when the fuck it's going to come out. Or Oh,
3: don't even deal with that shit. Just put it out.
1: I was thinking about that. I mean, it's but made, don't. But here's my, here's my thing,
3: and I, and I mean this sincerely. Yeah. Um, and everyone disagrees with me, so feel free to join the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do vinyl. For the fuck's sake, don't do cassettes. <laughs> just put everything on it. Just put everything on a little USB drive. They're really affordable. You can get them made at like, and then make that cool. And then because that's where it's all going to go. It's going to go on somebody's computer. Oh my
1: god! So like you know? sell that at the merch table? You mean?
3: Yeah, just sell that. It's like a USB. Like, what is this a keychain? Like, no, it's my fucking record, man. You don't have to download it. You don't have to get a card. You can just boom, there it is. Shut up. I what mean, do you think? That's of, kind of awesome. What do you think about vinyl with the download code? Uh, I'm I'm pretty down on vinyl lately. i i, I found myself. Getting in in discussions with no one because I have no friends. Here. Um, but uh, <laughs> yourself, of, come here, uh, twins. Yeah, just, just, yeah. I have thoughts on vinyl. Just, just, me, just like when someone said, "Oh, like my sister-in-law is like it just sounds warmer." I'm like, "Well, what speakers are you listening to? Like, let's think about that." And also, what's the input going in? Because uh headphone jacks have not changed in forever, and they're going too soon because Apple owns Beats, and that might right. not be a bad thing because you might be able to hear things better. Like, like Neil Young is in idiot because he tried to make his own little device but he didn't change the headphone jack well then how the fuck are you supposed to figure it out that's the best way like where's that innovation and also um you know having records sometimes is just too much stuff yeah, yeah. And, and, I, I know this because Jonah's collection is in my basement. <laughs> I have like 400 records in Steven's basement. Well, I just bought, uh,
1: I just bought Trish was it.
3: like the other day, What's on these shelves? And I'm like, Those are Jonah's records. She went, Okay,
1: <laughs> is that why you're against, is that the only reason you're against vinyl is you just stand there staring at Jonah's record collection I, in your basement, just silently seating? No, I,
3: I think other people are gonna have it. I just think now the. The methodology of of like getting like a blu-ray or something like my brother is so kind he'll get a blu-ray watch it but he'll give me the download code and I'm like well I win I just got ant-man for free <laughs> you know? and I'm not gonna have a blu-ray somewhere in my house taking up a quarter inch space that has to be used for a toy or a crayon or something. Yeah, I,
0: I like how you know? I'm pro, I'm pro vinyl and eighty percent of my records are at Stevens or at my parents. <laughs> like yeah. I don't even have them or ever listen <laughs> yeah, to them. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's why you're pro vinyl. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I because, just bought a record player because we uh we I, I don't know I, like I said I don't know what's gonna happen with the big production, but I funded it the whole album at Pledge Music. And so we have vinyl as an option. And like a lot of people bought the album on vinyl and you can still pre-order it on vinyl now. Um, so we'll do that. I don't know if we're going to make it afterwards, but I bought, I had to buy a fucking record player because I'm like, well, I want to have, I want to hear my album on vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and yeah, it's just kind of awkwardly sitting on our kitchen table. Um, but I think I'm the first person, War on Women, because Shauna gave me their vinyl. I think I'm the first person who... Had a record player, and the first record they played wasn't like fucking Bob Dylan or like What You It was War on Women, which I'm very proud of. I
0: reviewed that record for Revolver. It's pretty awesome. It's
1: pretty awesome.
3: Yeah. They yeah, are really good. They are really good. Yeah. Uh, here's my, here's my. Th- I want to talk about your sound, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was oh, wait, to, I was can listening?
1: actually, wait, I can be professional and do a plug. War on Women's opening my New York City show uh, on January 25th at Junior Hall. Oh, wow, Sauna January 25th? Fuck. Yeah. Cool. Sean I can't break that. I'm going do to see an acoustic set. And then Sean is going to come sing. We have a cool cover idea for her to come singing uh, at the for the encore or whatever. What is it? Uh, Hold on by Wilson Phillips. We did it. We like kind of arranged it like the Clash. Perfect. It's pretty great. Um, That's awesome. Shauna will kill it. Uh, but anyway, yes. Thoughts, yeah. please. You ever listen to King Missile? No, but someone else brought that up to me.
3: You need to. Is that the detachable what? penis, dude? Uh, yes. But the early the earlier stuff, um, when the band was was better. Yeah. Um, uh, John S. Hall, he lives in the East Village. You can go find him. Yeah. Uh he, he all this stuff is him speaking over a band rocking out. Yeah. Not not very political, very funny and weird, yeah, but yeah. sometimes kind of subversively satirical. Um get uh sincerely get the album. Um it's called uh Mystical Shit.
1: <laughs> Man, I think fucking Margaret Cho was the one who made that. Like, same thing. Yeah, she, I think she, I I think it was her. It was either her or a musician that wrote me about them.
3: King King Missile, their earlier incarnation was called They, and it was John S. Hall, and the guitar player's name is Dog Bowl. Oh my God. Now, if you want to go deep into it, you can get Dog Bowl solo records that my roommate (laughs) in college did. Oh my God. His his shit takes it to a new fucking level. It's just bizarre. Like, he has a song called um, uh, Hemophiliac of Love that's. (laughs) that's very singy, like, like your, your stuff reminds me of like, if, um, if like, if, if, if King missile like wrote for mother Jones, you right. know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's, it's like the way like fuck the NRA. Yeah. Um, by the way, now I'm afraid of you with a stick, like almost caused me to veer off the road. I was laughing oh my so hard. I
1: had to write. And uh, that's why, uh, that's why we hold out that a chord. Cause that line usually does really, really well. And I didn't want to go into, I really like the C section of the song. Uh, so I didn't want laughs to cut off the intro to the, to that section. So we literally have another bar where we just hold the A chord because live, uh, people, yeah, that's my favorite line, I think too.
3: Well, King Muscle had like a whole band change and then their sound got a little more, um, I saw them play like one of the HF festivals when I was in college and they were great, Yeah, but it's, there's, it got a little less, um, silly ranty and more like kind of their their big hit was detachable penis. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I I think I remember that. But yeah. The other stuff's much funnier. You yeah. know what I mean? That's but then um when you did uh the other track you sent us is uh Tiny Humans. Like that's right, like that's just that a good melodic song. But I have a bone to pick with you about it. Oh yeah yeah. Is is the song saying like for people to not have kids no Or it's way. okay to have pets and not have kids. No way.
1: So that song I wrote um Because, man, I wish we could play that one, too. I gotta be... I'm trying to be fucking smart about this record. I'm like, what do real musicians do? They just release a song. Um, But that one I was really psyched about because my whole deal when I started the band was I was like... Well, before I even got the band, I was just playing the songs acoustically. And at first, I did, like, a rant. And the rant did better than my stand-up. And then, you know, I never sang really before. So then I did... Like, I was scared to sing. I have, like, lip sang Happy Birthday since I was a kid. Um... But I was just like, I'm going to fucking learn how to sing. Uh, I I didn't. I never wanted it to be like a prop comic or just have background music for the sake of it. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, I want the songs to be so good that even if they weren't political or funny, they would just be good songs. Like, Tiny Humans, to me, is like a cool 90s
3: rock song. It um, is. It's a very good song.
1: And uh, and the new songs. I mean, the songs just keep getting better, which is super exciting, especially now that I'm playing with these musicians. But, yeah. Um, I wrote Tiny Humans, and I've actually gotten from the live shows, because no one's heard the album version, but from the live shows, that's one I get very sincere emails about. So I wrote it at first because I love kids. Um, I love my nephews. I fucking FaceTime with my nephews as much as possible. I freak out. Uh, Allison says when I have a beard, uh, she doesn't like me going out by her by myself, because I just, like, stare and smile and try to wave at all the kids. Because um, I love kids. But... Uh, and women get this the most where there's something very, when you say you don't want kids for legitimately good reasons, right? Like I wouldn't be, I'm going to be traveling even more now. Um, I'm not really responsible. Um, I'm not good at many things. (laughs) I just wouldn't be a good dad. Um, They get that they either are like, well, you'll you'll have a kid one day or, you know, they don't believe you or whatever. And with women, it's almost like your worth. It's like, come on, like clocks ticking, like you got to make those baby factory hips move. And so lots of women have actually written and being like that song made me feel not crazy because every time they go home for the holidays, no matter what good job they have or how good their relationship is, if they don't have kids, it's like you're not a real adult. Um, so that's kind of what the song turned into, which is like, Hey, we don't have any songs. There are lots of songs about the first time you see your beautiful kid. Um, but it's all of my music, none of the music and or jokes or even some of the songs that are less jokey, uh, are ever going to be like mean. It's always like, Oh, you're this like, you know, it's always going to be for people who don't have a lot of shit. Like the newest song I wrote, it's just about being like a scared introvert. Uh, and, it, and it's all about you know uh being scared to like run into people you see from high school or when you get a voicemail or shit like that. And it's like it's always going to be for like nervous little nerdy people. And this is just one of those issues that doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, and a lot of people feel like garbage for not having kids. Um, it's,
3: so I it's a I'd weird a thing. Anthem. As soon as you get like when we got married, you know, people are always like, well, "When are you going to start having kids?" Exactly. And We're like, "Well, well, like a friend of mine, <laughs> he had the best response. He's like, um, you're asking if we're fucking." <laughs> and then the other one would be like that's intrusive if you don't ask that to somebody you know oh my god and like I, I would always reverse the joke where like if someone had a kid I'd be like oh that's when they were born so in January you guys were hammered huh yeah how was that and, and like flip that around yeah totally because um, it is a very intrusive thing
1: yeah and yeah when are you and, gonna fuck and, I, and I, pop a person out of you
3: yeah because that shit that's it it doesn't hurt <laughs> my thing was always um uh I never wanted kids till like one of my friends from high school had a kid and yeah. a bunch of them had them before. But this one, I was like something switched and you just kind of feeling that kind of worked. Yeah. And then I have a number of friends who are like, we have a ton of pets and we're really good to them. I'm like, that's awesome. You totally. know, so did we. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but, then, but my first friends who had kids were never going to until one of their parents made this argument that I'm not going to, I would never say, Jamie, you and Allison have children. Yeah. But I will. Here's the Do argument.
1: It. <laughs> How'd the podcast sh- go? Shut up. We have to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: It's like uh, it's like so many so many dipshits have kids yeah. and so many cool people who would have great kids don't. Whether <laughs> or not you have, no one has the self-awareness to know whether or not they're going to be a parent. I told a child this morning, I wish you were in school until three because you're driving me nuts. <laughs> because that's how it is when you're a parent. They don't yeah. come with fucking manuals. But I I truly thought about this. Listening to your record, thinking about talking to you. I'm like, oh my God, idiocracy is Jamie and Allison's fault.
1: But wait, but (laughs) here's my counter to that because this has not been the first time it's been presented to me that way. Uh, My counter to that is twofold. Uh, One, um, I think, oh my God, you fucking assholes. I'm going to quote a comic. Um, Patton Oswalt has that bit about uh, how parents, instead of being the cool parents need to be really boring Um, to produce cool kids that will rebel and leave and go to san francisco like pat oswald literally i can't even say this because this it's the exact same record he's like the coolest record my parents had was phil collins no jacket required which was the first record i ever listened to as well in my parents
0: uh record player my first concert but seriously tour phil collins was it yes
1: my first concert was james taylor nice James Taylor into Dave Matthews, um, and so uh, and
3: now, now Brad's going to make us all feel like nerds. Brad, what was your first concert? Was it going to be like
2: Fugazi. No, yeah, it was like um, Sticks. I think. Excellent. Oh, okay.
0: All right, cool. great. Second yeah. concert, Genesis.
1: We can't dance to <laughs> it. So, so your first two concerts were some version of Phil Collins. <laughs> yes, and my
0: dude, and my third concert. Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion Tour. There it is. With Skid Row. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great.
1: Um, oh my god, that's so fucking funny. Uh, yeah, so uh, chances are if I'm uh cool progressive, like, I don't know, like, they'll probably like go to college and be like, I gotta fucking eat bacon and protest an abortion clinic. Like, that would be my luck. But also... <laughs> Doing what we do, not to sound like totally up my own ass, but like our job, the emails we get for Citizen Radio or now from the music and shit like that is from kids who do have very conservative families, feel very alone. Lots of them have dealt with like suicide and depression, um, which like I have as well. Um, And they look to music, they look to podcasts, they look to blogs, Tumblr, whatever, um, to find people who are like them. And I think that that's going to be my role, um, to kind of those kids who are already, there are so many, it's like adopting, right? Uh, you're like, you don't want to, uh, you don't want to support breeders for animals. You want to adopt ones. I feel like there are so many kids who are already fucked with conservative families that I'm like, my job will be to be as free as possible so I can help them, um, and, uh, make them feel less alone. And kind of, that'll be my, that'll be my weird parental role. Hey man, now he's like I, a I, cult leader,
3: dude. That, that works. That works
1: totally. It's, yeah, a, val- a, it's a valid
3: argument. You also made me realize like how cool my dad was without me ever realizing it cuz we're always kind of at odds cuz my dad was retired military, NRA member, right of the right Catholic, oh, you man. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But he never said once, don't do that. Wow. That was my Never. Yeah. Even when I even when I stopped going to church cuz I was like, I think this is stupid. Yeah. Um, he went Okay, I don't. He was like, I don't agree with it, but all right, that's what you want to do.
1: That's huge. I mean, that's which which I which
3: I never thought about until he passed away a couple years ago. But I never thought, not even two years ago. But I've been thinking about that a lot. It was kind of um, as much as we weren't close, that kind of thing. Because when you say people with conservative families, whatever, I never realized I had a super conservative dad because he was like, all right, read your comics, do whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy
1: when you get older. Like my dad. Like my dad's so passive aggressive, but it's accidental. Like, I used to hate him for it. Um, (laughs) But, like, my dad came to see... I did Joe's Pub. And it was just me, but it was the first time where the whole set was acoustic... Or was uh, music, was songs. And my dad... (laughs) I'm so glad I got to tell this to you guys. Uh, My dad... I was like, this show was undeniable. Like, I am a self-hating dude. But, like, this album to me is, like, the first thing that I'm, like... Undeniable. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I have a comedy special and like, it's stupid or whatever. Like, I'm like, when I go on this press tour, I'm going to treat it like fucking Ronda Rousey. I'm like, this almost the best in the world. Like, I'm just so happy because I'm finally doing what I'm doing. So Joe's Pub, it was the first show that I'm like, my dad, this is, again, he, it, it, it's completely sold out. There were two encores. There were celebrities in the audience. I'm like, it was, it couldn't have gone better that I'm like, all right, I'm actually going to call my dad and ask him what he thought. Because I never do that uh if he comes to a show but i was like this is so fucking undeniable and my dad said he missed the stand up because and i quote music he feels like music doesn't connect with people which is the definition of music Uh, is to connect with people. Like when you have a breakup, you're not like, man, I got to go listen to my favorite Lisa Lampanelli bit. Like (laughs) you're listening to fucking music. Uh, It literally brings Bob Marley. Like it brings nations together. There are like commercials. I've cried for like evil corporate commercials where like people are (laughs) singing songs in different parts of the world and they line up. And, but literally I had to call, Allison and be like, does music connect to people? She's like, your dad's insane. Um, but with that said, he also bought me my first guitar. You know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, no, he's just worried. He's just scared, um, which is kind of what parents do, and that's okay. Um, but Jesus Christ, music doesn't connect with people. So, yeah, so I made an album. Great timing that my dad told me. I realized my dad is the only person in the world that doesn't like music or get music. Yeah.
3: That's fucking perfect. Yeah. We're a seatbelt, guys. <laughs> Dude, help me help me help me slide into veganism. Oh my god, I'll do that shit. I'm working on it. Are I'm you? working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm I've been uh, I went vegetarian over a year ago. Yeah. And I'm and I'm slowly slow do, doing one of these things. Hmm, has milk.
1: Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the worst. Dude, I went to Australia to tour and there was like lard in the bread and I was just like, oh, "What's wrong? That's when I would have my like panic. So here's my advice for that. I love that you brought this up where I'm like, "Oh, I finally have a good plug for my music, everyone I've alienated is gone. And you're like, so you're vegan. And everyone else could be like, bye, Jamie. <laughs> um, yeah. So here's what I would do with that. And this is not the preachy vegan answer. So I hope vegans don't get mad at me. Um, but is what I used to do because I'm an alcoholic which means my addict brain can go to anything is I would be really good. I would be totally vegan. I'd be feeling great. And then I would accidentally eat like a cracker that had milk in it or like a piece of bread that had milk in it. And I go, Oh, cool. Uh, now I have 24 hours to completely derail. And I would just like stuff myself with like pizza and calzones and like egg sandwiches and all this shit. And then it would take me like three weeks to get like back on the wagon or whatever. Um, so what you do is just keep your vegan shit there, you know, cause meat is like the biggest thing. Right. And that was easy for me to give up because like you show me one factory farm video and I'm like, I'm out, I'm done, turn it off. Uh, even now, like as a vegan, like being a vegan on Instagram, it's just like food you really want to eat and then horrible things happening to animals. It's just a nightmare. Um, and, uh, So, yeah, so if you accidentally eat something, don't suddenly, like, throw out your fucking soy milk. Like, keep that going. Um, And then just be like, all right, I guess I can't have that bread. Also, the shit that's, like, not made with that stuff is better and healthier anyway. Like, I used to eat really unhealthy bread that I didn't know, but then I found out it was made with milk, and it has, like, a million other weird, chemically ingredients. And now you just buy shit, like, bread, and it has, like, four ingredients, and you're like, oh, that's what I probably should have been eating anyway, you know? Um, so that's it. It's like, don't be hard on yourself. Keep going, chip away at shit. I mean, especially now, like living in New York, like there are substitutes for everything. Like, they are, but they
3: cost so much goddamn money.
1: A lot of times they do, but if you're going for health too, the processed stuff isn't really that healthy anyway. Um, so you kind of want to be eating more whole foods, like, you know, produce, vegetables, uh, grains, chickpeas, beans, lentils, all that shit anyway, which is cheaper. So it's like, you know, if you want to go buy like a fucking day of vegan pizza or whatever, you can do that. You can do that down the street from here. There's literally a vegan grocery store. Um, but that'll be a little more expensive. But it's processed. And I'm like, eh, you
3: don't really want to be doing that anyway. Here's my issue. And this is important. And yeah. Jonah and Brad will not be surprised. I ate a lot of candy candy a lot of it i didn't see that coming a lot of it <laughs> it's true and uh dude i, I weigh more than i have weighed in my life i'm almost 220 gentlemen that's why wow. i wear wearing nothing but black lately because it's very slimming
1: oh my god it's candy uh, weight that's adorable it's terrible,
3: <laughs> <That's> terrible. so <laughs> i this is why i just spent all this money at fucking whole foods because right, i was like right. oh, this candy bar says vegan on it it's eight dollars
1: yeah <laughs> so that- i bought it That, oh yeah, it's probably delicious too. They have that, what's that like Mahalo, the coconut chocolate one? Holy shit. I'm able to, stop it, I'm sorry.
3: But here's here's the thing, like, so, cause I started thinking about it. The last time I ended up uh, vegan, it was because I got really bad food poisoning and some kind of virus and I just, I didn't eat for like four days Yeah, and I just, fuck it. And I just, for weeks, no sugar, whatever. And I was, felt great. Yeah, well, but emotionally awesome. emotionally I was a wreck and I was like, Well, fuck, I've been eating candy since birth. Like my mom right. legitimately put sweet tea in a bottle because she was allergic to milk. So that's what I drank in the South was sweet tea in a bottle. So there's Holy always been sugar. Shit, that's crazy. And one of my kids is the same way. She's just like, like like the holidays for Christmas, she was like, There's MMs and bowls around the house. Oh my God. And she was <laughs> losing her shit. Like, and she like came up to me and was like, Dad, I tricked you. I, I've been eating Hershey's kisses all day. And I'm like, as as a grown-up going, Honey, that's okay.
1: Like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll say this. Oh, it's gonna get serious. Food is an issue that no one really talks about because like you have to eat. Like I have like such food issues. Um, and like I have like body image issues and overeating and all that stuff. And no one really talks about it because you – one, it's embarrassing, but also – oh, two, it's, like, stigmatized that anyone who has, like, eating – I'm not saying you have an eating problem, but anyone who has, like, an eating disorder is, like, a fucking sorority chick, right? Um, so it's, like uh, – it's a girl thing and – or, like, an attention thing so they don't even, like, let them – whatever. Um, And also we need food to eat, right? So if you're quitting smoking cigarettes, you you don't still have to smoke three cigarettes a day and, like, a snack cigarette. Um. You can quit cold turkey. I have quit drugs. I've quit smoking cigarettes, uh, like two packs of Marlboro Reds a day. Uh, I've quit drinking. Um, Fairly easy for all of those things. Stopping cheese and eating healthy is still something I struggle with every day. Not the cheese thing, but eating healthy. Where I think when you look at it as like, it's not like you know, you're having trouble giving up candy because like you're a baby, it's because sugar's legitimately a drug. And if I like binge eat like a bunch of like desserts and stuff one day, I'll wake up, I'll get a headache. And I'm like, oh, do I eat more sugar to make the headache go away? Like it's literally like the same kind of withdrawals as if you give up uh, a drug or whatever. So you have to kind of suffer through being depressed a little bit. And then after that, uh, you feel better than ever. Um, But it's nuts, dude. Like, I'm so glad you brought that up because it, it probably made a lot of people feel less crazy, uh, me as well, where it's like, that shit is harder to quit than, like, most drugs. Like, I think there have probably been studies that say it's more addictive than some drugs and
3: stuff like sugar and stuff. Yeah, like, sugar and caffeine is, like, is the devil. And, I mean, people legitimately know dairy is stupid. Yeah. And what was funny about me is that... uh. Uh, My wife's family is kind of like, it's very interesting. Cause now that I'm just not eating meat, which again is really easy. It's yeah. almost like, it's not a stigma, but people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry to make anything for you. I'm like, you got food for me. Don't yeah. specialize. And then everybody was eating like what my wife said was amazing steaks for, for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, she was like, ah, oh, this is so good. I'm like, that's great. And then my brother-in-law went, why aren't you eating meat anymore? And my sister-in-law went, just don't answer while we're eating the steak. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love that. That's such a sweet, self-aware thing to say instead of making you feel like an asshole.
3: Yeah, because it's like, because the answer is for everybody, well, you know why. You know, you, you know. all know. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, and that's it. You know, and that's that, That's all there is to it. You know why, and you're either uh, cool with it, which is fine. Like, again, like my, Weird um, Al Yankovic has this great joke about it where he's like, yeah, I not my kid's, you know they're not vegetarian because that's up to them. You know, yeah. And I feel the same way about mine. Like I'm, I got Purdue hatred chicken nuggets in my freezer right now, yeah. shaped like dinosaurs, because that's the only protein one of my girls will eat.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's you all know? Hershey Kisses and dinosaur nuggets. <laughs> that's yeah. it, dude. I didn't you know, know Weird Al was vegan. I actually learned that this morning, and I was like, I, Would think I think I'd be not, best friends with is, Weird is Al. He vegan? I thought he was just vegetarian. I don't know. I saw him on some list for vegans. My uh, he's super. Ve- he's hardcore vegetarian my forever. A- my agent's trying to find me like. uh good bands to, like, support, which is so weird because, like, my music is very weird that I'm sort of like, let's just hope I get really famous and uh and can be hiring support myself uh so we came, we got together yesterday and literally just came up with a list of people i'm friends with or whatever um and then this morning i was like i'm just going to look up vegan bands because vegans are so ostracized that i'm like maybe if we approach any very famous vegan bands uh and i'm just like i'm one of you they'll just be so happy to have a vegan on tour with them like with the first time i hung out with rise against they had like these like vegan meat plates like backstage at bumbershoot it was so dope um so anyway so i found i found a list this morning of like musician vegans. That's what I was doing before I got here. Uh, and Weird Al was on that. And I was like, no shit. Uh,
3: yeah, I didn't know he was like hardcore. Cool. He's hardcore, yeah. That's awesome. Um, hey man, United Nations ever tours. There you go. Yeah, you should come and tour with us sometime.
1: I think I emailed about you that, but it was like I had one song written.
0: Yeah, we, we we're we sort of writing now too, so I don't know what... Are you doing another record? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to be done, but um, Yeah. That would be so fun. It would be it would be rad. That would be so fun.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah, right now we're in this weird spot cuz like a bunch of big labels showed interest, but like you, I think I emailed you this where it's like, everyone was like, oh, by the way, the music industry just goes away from like November till mid January. Totally, totally. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I just get to sit here with all, everything good. I stop believing and I start hating the album for three months and it's starting <laughs> to get cold. Great. I'm totally going to handle this well. Um, yeah. I've been going on like fucking candy binges and shit like that too. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know what's happened. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, we're like, I guess we plan a tour like if we're gonna just do it ourselves and do a small club tour for like april and then hope maybe something comes along like it's so bizarre but i'm like fucking records done people are still pre-ordering it which is awesome uh, And where
3: do they where can i pre-order it
1: so if you go to pledge music it's pledgemusic.com slash jamie dash kilstein um that's my whole page it was great we had like fuck the nra mugs and stuff which actually sold out um we have a vegan fighter shirt uh, which people like are buying a lot of, I think Tony from no doubt bought one of those. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can get the album on CD or vinyl or just digital download for 10 bucks. And I wasn't going to say yes to pledge. I don't know if you know anything about them because it sounded like a Kickstarter thing. And I was like, uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, cause I'm self-conscious and felt bad. Um, but it's actually really cool. Where it's just pre-orders. So they're just pre-ordering the album like they would anyway if it was up on iTunes. And then, you know, we got so many that we use that to record the album. So even if there's not a label or whatever, like, the album's done. Um, And then, because I'm a music nerd, um, we've been doing, like, video blogs, like, in the studio and shit like that. So once you buy the album, you get all this footage and video blogs of, like, the making of this thing you kind of helped create um, and all these fucking, yeah, like, video blogs of, like, tour and, and stuff like that, which I'm such a sucker for. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be, pledge will be, that'll be up till and plus they're all, all the guys over there are, like, old school, like, a guys. Like, I just, he, he wrote me because he's like, we want to start comedy. I'm like, bad news, I do music now. And he's like, I helped find Jack White and I'm like, let's be best friends. Uh, and that's why I made the album with them. Uh, so, yeah, you can still order it uh, at Pledge, uh, which is great because if I don't have a label, that money is going to go towards fucking PR <laughs> and uh, shit like that.
3: Right nice. on, dude.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, can we play a song? Is that, is that,
1: yeah, totally play a song? You guys are going to be the first people. I asked my lawyer. You guys will be the first people. I think Citizen Radio is going to play it tomorrow. But, yeah, you can totally do it. Cool. Yeah.
0: So, this is Jamie's song, Fuck the NRA? Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, dude. Thank you, guys.
4: If you need a gun to show people how tough you are, then you are a fucking coward. Yeah, well, I only use my gun to hunt animals. Oh! You are a fucking coward who's so afraid of the terrifying land monster, the deer, you have to dress up in camo, bring your friends for backup, and climb a tree to shoot an animal whose only job is to frolic. Wow. Are you a Navy SEAL? Did you kill Bin Laden? You sound so brave. Why is it never dangerous animals I hear about you hunting? It's every woodland creature from a Disney movie who before you showed up were probably singing a song about helping a rabbit marry a cow or some weird Disney shit. Yeah, well, the Constitution says I can have a gun. Fine. Then grab a musket and keep protecting us from the cast of Down Abbey, old man. Constitution didn't say shit about you using glocks to mow down black teenagers because you're afraid of anything not wearing in a clan outfit. Oh, but you think the government's going to attack us? Stop acting like Steven Seagal from the movies. Because in real life, you are Steven Seagal in real life. Have you seen that guy run? It's horrible. What do you think is going to happen if the government attacks America? well, The military may have invaded America, but they didn't count on one thing. Tom. He may look like an out of shape meth head who spends all day calling women whores on YouTube comment threads, but he has one gun and a whole bag of snacks. Take a breath, Red Dawn, and stop watching Alex Jones' videos. How many schools need to get shot to shit before you decide buying a punching bag instead of a killing machine is worth more than a child's life? Yeah, well, I could kill a kid with a stick, too. What are you going to do? You're going to ban sticks? Nope. But now I don't trust you with a stick either, you fucking weirdo. If the solution to all your problems is add more guns, then something's wrong with you, Yosemite fuckface. You don't stop shootings by adding more guns. You don't stop Macklemore by adding Iggy Azalea. Yeah, well, you want to stop school shootings? Why don't you arm the teachers? We don't pay teachers enough to afford bullets. Motherfucker, I don't trust cops with guns, and they're trained how to use them. Mike Brown's murderer was trained how to use them. Tamir Rice's murderer was trained how to use them. Sean Bell's murderers were trained how to use them. 50 times were trained how to use them. You tell us if we don't like guns to get out of America? We're not the ones killing people, asshole. You get out and fuck up your Mad Max paradise and bring your George Zimmerman's, bring your Charlton Heston's, and fuck up there forever. Stand your ground there forever. Love it or leave it there forever. Fuck the NRA forever.
0: Okay, so that was Jamie <laughs> Kilstein. Uh, I wish Jamie was still here.
1: Oh shit, I am. Oh my hey,
0: god, he is. What'd you st-
4: forget?
1: Stop eating meat, motherfuckers. I was saying. Sorry.
2: Um, so can I just insert my my Brad, uh, you know, my Brad geek out moment here? Because Steven brought up something that I really wanted to address. Sure. Yeah. I
0: mean, you kind of hog the mic the whole podcast, Brad, but go yeah. ahead. Can I get
2: a word in, guys?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: the vinyl thing where he talked about his sister said it's all, it's so it's much warmer. Yeah. And Steven actually addressed this, which was the reason vinyl... Uh, it, I love that he brought this up because I want to make it clear. When you listen to a record at home, it's not going through any digital processing. It's going from an analog source through an analog amplifier to speakers, which are analog. Everything else you listen to now has to go through a digital conversion. Mm. And that's the weakest part of that change. So I'm just glad that he brought that up because it is true that like records can be warmer, but... Mainly, what people are hearing is they're hearing, like, that shitty output from their iPod. Yeah. Because that's a terrible—because you're converting a digital signal, which is an MP3, which might not be great to begin with, but you're converting it with crappy converters, and that's the weakest part of the chain. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not— That's
1: so interesting. I don't know It's just
2: something good to be aware of, because, like— people rant about vinyl, but it's not actually the fucking plastic.
1: See, I would actually, because I don't know anything about, like, audio, and I'm also too nervous to, like, talk to people who are like, I only listen to vinyl. I'm like, well, you probably know more than I do, so I'm just gonna see myself out. Um, <laughs> that I would assume, like, the only reason I was like, oh, it's kind of cool to get a record player, like, cause, like I said, I got one just cause I wanted to have my album on vinyl, but I never thought, like, oh, I wanna l- listen to, like, really big records. I was like, oh, it'll sound cool to listen to, like, old-school, like, folk because of that, like, scratchy, almost shitty quality, I didn't know that the vinyl people swear that it's, like, a better sound. Because it can't be, technically, right? It, it at the point we're at now, if you really have great converters
2: and everything, digital should be better. But, I mean, there's a lot to be said for it. I'm not a purist, by any means. Yeah, I'm too much of a geek to be a purist. But... Yeah, under under like that. you know under like normal consumer circumstances, it probably is better. Yeah. If you if you have a good if you have a good needle and you have good vinyl, oh, that's cool. It's probably better. You are probably getting a wider dynamic range. You are getting like, I mean, you are getting noise too, but um, yeah,
1: it, it probably cool. sounds better. I think that was the most profound thing that was said this whole fucking <laughs> podcast. Where I'm, what was it? I'm too much of a geek to be or a, a purist. Where it's like, yeah, like let can't you just like love shit like that's why like i'm like unapologetic for like the pop music i like you know what i mean like i love fallout boy i love the new taylor swift album like not new anymore i guess i also love the ryan adams version of it but like it's just like yeah like don't make people i mean feel like shit for like liking popular things like it's just like i like fucking everything like my fucking literally like my my uh shuffle on the way here went like it was like yola tango into matt nathanson like who does that uh but i was like i don't give a shit um anyway sorry that was just such a sweet thing to say
0: yeah brad always comes out with the most profound statements uh, at the, the very end the everyone listening. <laughs> yeah. i have plenty when of there's, time to think them up just jotting down like isms like as we ramble um yes thanks jamie thank you for coming by i'm used to thanking the person when they're not here
1: this was so fun <laughs> No, yeah. we're gonna go, uh Stephen reminded me that I have eating issues. So we're gonna go to yeah. a vegan place and we're I'm gonna just gonna go fucking eat. stuff my face with my gym bag. That's the saddest part. <laughs> the only thing sad and I've done this before where like I'm like time to go to jujitsu and I have my gym bag and then I just cave and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to like a diner, I'm just gonna eat. The only thing sadder than like overeating by yourself is when your gym bag is just like ominously tucked under. Like well, yeah. I'm like, That's what I should be doing <laughs> and I'm
0: not. It's cool. I brought my laptop and my tape recorder, I was like, I'm gonna get so much work done here Great. and then you're like, Do you wanna go eat? I was like, Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, they have vegan mozzarella sticks. Like, Jesus Christ. How do you say no to that place? Okay.
0: It's true. Um, so give us your
1: uh, give us the pre-order website again. So it's at Pledge Music. Uh, PledgeMusic.com uh, slash Jamie, J-A-M-I-E um, dash Kielstein, Kilstein, K-I-L-S-T-E-I-N. Uh, if you forget, um, I have it in my bio for, like, all of my socials. So, like, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit. And then uh, the podcast is radio.com, and that's a free Uh, daily political podcast where um, yeah and we'll link
0: to it and going up we'll link to it Uh, you can find us on twitter um, our website blah 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 you can donate you don't have to who cares (laughs) Uh, we'll be back next week solid